This is episode 62 with Emily Nichols. Emily Nichols is the host of The Self-Transformed, a podcast redefining self-care through fitness, nutrition, and mindset habits for busy working moms. From her own struggles, Emily finally found the solution to feeling empowered, confident, and how to live a healthy lifestyle that doesn't feel hard or like another thing on the to-do list through the power of habits. Emily is on a mission to redefine self-care and equip other women with these sustainable tools to help them transform their life from the inside out and start putting themselves first without guilt. Emily is a wife and a boy mom. She is a certified personal trainer, Orange Theory coach, behavioral change specialist, Whole30 coach, and a Taco Tuesday enthusiast. You guys, today's episode is amazing. I will see you guys on the inside. Welcome back to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast, where we choose to become empowered patients and take our health into our own hands. Hi, I'm Shannon Hansen, a Christian entrepreneur, a mom of three, and after dealing with my own health mysteries, I made it my mission to learn everything I could about the thyroid. I soon became certified as a holistic wellness practitioner, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a functional diagnostic practitioner, and so much more. After that, I founded the revolutionary thyroid program, The Hansen Method. As a health professional and a mom, I fully understand the importance of having a fun, simple, and sustainable plan for achieving a responsive thyroid. So I share actionable and practical strategies for developing a responsive thyroid so that the ambitious moms and women can gain freedom from fatigue and lose the thyroid weight once and for all. Each week, I will be here for you. Along with my guest experts, we will be sharing simple and tangible tips that work for not only your thyroid, your hormones, your family, and your mindset so that you can get back to living the life that you envision for yourself. Welcome to the Thriving Thyroid Podcast. Oh, I didn't ask you. What do you, do you go by um, Emily Nicholas? Is it Nicholas or how do you? Nichols, just Nichols. Nichols. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, all right, welcome everybody to, welcome, let me start that again. <laughs> Everybody well, help me welcome Emily Nichols to the show. She is a self-transformed, uh, what, what do you call yourself? I would think I am a habit and self-care coach is what you could call me. Perfect. So she is a habit and self-care coach. And I'm super excited today because we're going to be talking a lot about nutrition, mindset, fitness, and how to establish really good habits for us women as we go through the changes of the seasons, meaning like our kids are growing up, their sports starts, our husbands change, we change jobs, life changes, and how to really establish the habits that we need in order to live a happier, more fulfilled life. So welcome, Emily. Thank you, Shannon. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited, especially since 
one of the things that I see a lot of our followers, clients struggle with is this aspect of mindset. So let's start with kind of an easy question. And what is your definition of self-care? Because I know for a lot of us, it's let's do manicures, pedicures, bubble baths, um, you know, go get my Starbucks or whatever it is. So what is self-care really? Yeah. Yeah. And I love all those things. Nothing wrong with any of that. But to me, self-care is really the hard things you do every day to take care of yourself from the inside out. And it's daily habits that you have set in place. So when the seasons of your life change, or you're kind of on that roller coaster where you're up and down, up and down, you have these set habits in your life every day to help you take care of yourself. And, you know, like they say, put your oxygen mask on first. So you're able to best serve those around you. And I know that comes with a lot of, um, guilt sometimes for women. I know I've gone through my own journey with that as well. And mom guilt still creeps in too, but I know I'm a much happier mama and more patient with my whole family when I am taking care of myself and I'm actually more productive too in the long run. So self-care is really just doing those hard things every day, whether it be mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, whatever that looks like for you. It's super personal to every individual. And maybe it is getting a bubble bath one day, you know, cause you need to like be calm, relax your mind and that's okay. But it can't be just that it's actually a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you talk about how self-care is like putting your oxygen mask on first. And I remember <laughs> I laugh about this now, but when I had my first baby, we were flying, I think she was around three months and I was like, absolutely not. I'm not putting her mask or her mask on or my mask on first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put hers on first. But as I grew and I matured and I learned the purpose behind that was so that if I pass out, I can still tend to her. And that was really kind of a big shift for me mentally, because I grew up with a mom who always put me, my siblings, family, like everybody above herself and put herself last. And I watched her struggle emotionally. I watched her struggle with, you know, depression, anxiety, um, overwhelm, frustration and things. And I look back and I'm like, I wonder if she would have been, um, maybe a little bit happier, more fulfilled if she would have done a few more things for herself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the, the habit hacks that you have or tricks that you have for moms who are in the process of creating new habits and wanting to change their life? Yeah. I think this is the hard part because, you know, when you, you decide you want to start a new habit, you know, say it is working out every day, you bought a Peloton, for example, and you are like, okay, I'm going to ride this every single day. And I'm so pumped. I'm so excited. And you start doing it for the first week. And the next week you do it just a few days. And then the next week, it's just a couple of days. And then the next week you're, it's just like, has all your clothes like on it now, because you're just laying them there. You're clean laundry to put up this laying on there now. But you know, when you're starting a new habit, you really have to have a why behind it. So why are you wanting to do that? So going back to that working out example, you know, why are you wanting to work out? Is it because it is an emotional release for you? Is it good for your mental health and then your physical health? You know, if obviously you get those good endorphins going, it helps you feel more productive and feel just really great throughout your day. 
And then from there, you can really use some really strategic habit stack, habit hacks and stacking, for example, to make it work. So for example, you know, like I just mentioned, habit stacking is a very, very uh, key for strategy when it comes to habit strategy, habit, habit hacks. So, you know, when you're stacking something on top of a new habit, So say you're going to ride a Peloton every day and you're like, you're like, okay, it's a half an hour workout that gives me time to get up, do that. And I'm going to stack it on top of, you know, after I feed my dogs every morning, for example, because you're like, I always get up and I feed my dogs automatically. I will go and ride your Peloton. So if you're stacking it on top of something that you already do unconsciously, it's an easy task. It's a little less brain power versus I'm going to do it here and there and making it a little bit harder on yourself because I don't know if you're like me, I don't want to add something else on my to-do list and make it feel like inconvenient, right? So if you're stacking it on top, oh, I'm already feeding my dogs, and then I go right to my Peloton and ride that, then you're good. And if that works out in your schedule, that's great. Another um, deeper, deeper level to that is to have some type of trigger behind that. So whether that would be laying out your workout clothes the night before, having a, your alarm set with, you know, time to get up and ride your Peloton as the alarm Um Title even is another good trigger as well. And just keep doing it over time to see how that feels and how that's working in your schedule. But as soon as you establish the why, stack it on top of something you're already doing that's really easy for you, you know, feeding your dogs every morning, for example, and then having that trigger in place, what you've done is create a habit loop here. And after you're done, you have that great tap, you know, it's kind of like patting yourself on the back. You feel good for accomplishing it. And it's those small little wins that stack up over time. And pretty soon that working out will feel like one of those unconscious behaviors. I love that. And Okay. So a lot of my women struggle with fatigue. So for them, I know the alarm goes off. They're probably going to be hitting that snooze button Mm -hmm. and staying in bed. So I love that you talked about feeding their dog or, you know, putting it into your schedule. And one of the other thoughts I had is, okay, if your goal is 30 minutes, maybe for a little bit of time, you do a 10 minute ride or a 15 minute ride, and then you slowly build so that you're just lengthening things out and you can get the motivation from oh, I have more energy. Oh, I feel a little bit better. Wow. My pants are fitting a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. I always say to my clients, I'm like, if you're unmotivated to work out today, you know, if you're tired, there's a difference between fatigue or you're just like, I'm just tired and I don't feel like doing it. You know, rest is always like the number one priority for sure. But from there, what you can really evaluate is just say, okay, I'm just going to work out for 10 minutes, like you said, and just see how I feel. And that feels a lot you know, not as intimidating as like, oh, I'm going to do a big 30 minute workout. Like you mentioned, pretty soon you will add more onto that because you'll have those small wins. that will feel super, super good. Yeah. Or you'll get into the workout and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, I feel good. I'm going to go an extra five minutes Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. yes, (laughs) whatever it is. And if anybody's like me, I always make a bigger production out of things than it needs to be. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to go for an hour. And then I realize realistically, I can only do 20 minutes, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think starting small and working your way up to also find your threshold specifically around, um, you know, working out and things like that. So I love that. What are, I want to go back and we should have done this at the beginning, 
but I kind of want to go back and talk about you for a second. What is your story and how did you get there? Was this easy for you? Was this hard for you to do? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, it's been a journey. Nothing I have done in my own inside out transformation has been overnight. It's been a six year journey to tell you the truth, Shannon. So back in 2015, I was coming from a place of a lot of overwhelm, anxiety. Um, My husband was working a lot of varying hours. So he would work night shift. He would work second shift. He would work day shift. He'd work sometimes over the weekend. And it was probably about an 18 month span where he was just all over the place and his mental and physical health suffered because of it. He used to be very athletic. He gained a lot of weight and he was just, it was just tense in my house. You know what I mean? You could just feel the tension. Cause I'm like, he is tired. And we have two little boys <laughs> that are not quiet. And we're like trying to make sure dad is able to get enough rest. Cause we knew the value of rest. Mm-hmm. And we came to a point where we were like, okay, we need to change. So we decided to just change the way we were eating to start because I was personally dealing with the stress and overwhelm. I was climbing the corporate ladder, you know, trying to plan like these elaborate birthday parties for my kids where, you know, they didn't care about that stuff. No. Okay. So quick side story. My middle is having her birthday. I'm like, what do you want to do for your birthday? She's like, play outside, draw some pictures, you know, like watch a movie. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know how to plan for this, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, I'm like, that's all the kids really care about. They just want to jump on the trampoline together. You know, we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially as a new mom, like there's such high expectations, especially for that first birthday. And then every birthday after that, yeah, my boys are 13 and nine now. And we've really like, really, really (laughs) slimmed it down because they're just having their best lives with their best friends. And having some cake and tacos usually. (laughs) So they're good to go. Um, but yeah, yeah. But you know, I was putting so much pressure on myself as a working mom and trying to hold it all together. Um, so we decided to change the way we eat and we decided to do, um, a 30 day protocol called the whole 30. Um, I'm actually a whole 30 certified coach now because it was actually a really big, um, really hard thing that we did. I've never started some, but until then I had never started something and stuck it all the way through. Like I would find like a squat challenge or something and be like for like 30 days. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do that. And like day five, I was like, wait, what was I doing? And I would never see something all the way through like ever. But my husband was like, you know, I really feel like I need to reset his brother-in-law and my sister-in-law had just done it. And he was like, let's just try this. And I was like, okay. And it was nice to have each other as accountability partners that may or may not work for every husband and wife duo. But at the end of the 30 days, I felt amazing. I didn't go into it with weight loss in mind, but you know, I did lose a few pounds, but the most important thing was I finished something and that felt so empowering. And from there, I felt so much more clear, like brain fog had lifted. I really was able to evaluate my habits and relationship around food. Like I noticed, oh, when I'm stressed out, I'm turning to, you know, number one, a lot of online shopping. And number two, I was having like sweets at at, at too much, too much sweets. And it was probably disrupting everything from the inside out. And then I was crashing from it or drinking too much alcohol for that matter. So I replaced those health habits with some healthier habits. And then from there, it was just like a snowball. Like I started working out more because I felt more energy and I had more of that energy to put towards working out. And then I started sleeping better because I was working out and I was eating well and I was able to get up earlier. 
I changed my mindset. You know, I was listening to podcasts and books and even our friend groups changed because we just changed over time. I mean, my husband, you know, had the biggest transformation of all, you know, he's back to running. He's actually a Boston marathon qualifier and like in the best shape, he's doing like triathlons and all these other crazy races. And it changed our whole family's lives, just lives, just getting healthier. And it, it felt really, really hard and daunting at first, but it's been a six year process. And pretty much what I realized over time, Shannon, was I built my own self-care routine and that self-care routine has been pretty um, important to me and very valuable to me in times where, you know, the seasons of our life has changed with our kids. You know, like I said, my boys are 13 and nine, they're busy in sports. They're my 13 year old has a very busy social calendar and homeboy can't drive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to a lot of extra podcasts in the car and he is too. So we, I was, okay. So I was last night, we were sitting on the couch and my kids were like, how old will I be when the baby is born and the baby's, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, you'll be this age or whatever. And I was doing the math and I was like, my oldest, she will be 18. And then I will have probably six months where I lose a driver. I'm like, that's going to suck. Oh no! (laughs) I should have timed this a little bit better. I know (laughs) a little more strategy behind it there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but these, these routines that I have, my habits that I do every day, it really helps me show up as my best version, the best version of me for everyone that I, that I love the most. And that's really important to me. And now I pretty much help other busy working moms do the same. I love that. So I want to go back to something that I feel like is sometimes not talked about. And that is what were some of the struggles that you faced when you were going through this transformation and leaving behind some of your friends and changing your eating and changing Mm -hmm. your lifestyle? What were some of those struggles? What were the lessons that you learned? What did that look like? Yeah. I mean, at first it was kind of like our friend groups were like, well, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And then we started doing like Spartan races afterwards. Like we went like crazy. We were like, we can do any hard thing ever. Let's just do it. And they're like, what are you guys doing? We're like, let's go. You want to do it with us? And they're like, no. And it was, it felt very, I think there's a fine line when you find something that works for you health-wise and you feel really good. I think sometimes it brings out other people's insecurities because I think sometimes they're like, oh, I wish I could do that or I could never do that. And sometimes people just don't realize, well, you can, you just have to find what works for you because what works for us may not work for the next person. And over time, those friend groups, I kind of sought out other female relationships on purpose. Like I joined a running group here in my town. And I don't even like to run that much. <laughs> I just joined it. Cause I was like, surely these girls are like fitness mind, mind, mind like me. And they, you know, they all go to the ch- same church I go to. And it's like, just insert myself into that group. Some of my, like my, my best friends now. Um, and those other folks, they slowly just kind of, we just stopped hanging out quite as much because it was like, Oh, well we want to hang out, but we're not hanging out to like drink at excess. And we're not just, you know, here to like, hang out and be negative. Like we, we're in a very positive mindset right now. We're feeling really great. We want to show that example for our kids. And that kind of felt, you know, uncomfortable at times because it was kind of, well, why aren't we really hanging out with them anymore? And it was kind of almost like, well, we still love them. We care for them, but they have to work out their own things. And, you know, sometimes you just grow out of relationships and that's okay. It's kind of 
not necessarily bless and release, but still at the same time, it's bless and release and you still have lots of love for them, but you have to do what's best for you long-term. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you talked about how when you change other people can, it can bring up their own insecurities, Mm -hmm. right? If they're struggling with eating healthy or writing their Peloton or, you know, whatever it may be, and you're doing that, it's going to bring up those feelings for them of, you know, inadequacy or jealousy or not feeling good enough or what, you know, whatever those feelings are. And it's not because you're better than that person, but that's their perception of it. Instead of saying, you know what, thank you, Emily, for pointing this out to me. I want to jump on and I want you to be my friend and I want to, you know, ride with you in the mornings or, you know, try to find a time where we can get on and compete, not compete, but I did that for a walk with each other, you know, like we don't have to go to a bar to hang out. How about we just meet up and go for a walk? (laughs) Like, yeah, that's like totally my jam right now. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So how can we make these habits stick once and for all? If we're, if we're trying to get, um, trying to change our life, we're changing all, you know, our food, our nutrition, our diet, our lifestyle, you know, do you start and say, I'm going to change, you know, nutrition, food, mindset, like everything, or do you go in it little by little? I would do little by little, whatever feels to you that you're most strongly called for. So when you do too many things at once, you're going to be overwhelmed and then you're going to have that all or nothing mentality. And you're like, okay, well now I'm in quotes failing at it and I'm just not going to do anything. And you throw your hands up and then don't do any of it. And then you feel like a failure and you're in that failure loop now, instead of the habit loop, like we talked about. So I would start off small. You know, I like to share, like in my group, we have something called the fab five. It was just the daily five, but my clients have turned it to the fab five, which I love even more. And these are just tiny micro habits. They're tiny, small, little keystone habits that influence other healthy habits to happen for you in your life. They kind of have a snowball effect. So what I would recommend is just doing these daily five things every day because they are tiny. So AM and PM gratitude. Um, some type of movement that doesn't have to be like a big, crazy workout that could just be playing with your kids outside and like playing fetch with your dog and going for a walk quality sleep. Probably the most important thing on there is quality sleep, um, water, making sure you're staying hydrated enough throughout the day, especially if you are guzzling coffee all day, make sure you hydrate instead, um, with water. And there's just 10,000 steps a day. That just is a really fun goal to have in mind in order to get yourself moving more. It opens up so many pathways for you to clear your mind as well. But those small little things influence other, other healthy habits in your life. So if you're, you know, doing some type of workout every day or movement every day, it's going to influence you to perhaps eat more healthier throughout the day then too. So there's small little tiny micro habits and over time it will build up some type of self-care routine or, um, habits over time. Now, I think sometimes we're not very patient with ourselves. <laughs> you were like, oh, I want to do this and have it work and see results next week. And that's just not how it works. That's kind of like a diet culture mentality where we're like, okay, I'm doing something for 30 days and I'm done. And it's like, how about you just find more of a lifestyle? 
Um, so pretty much what to think about is, you know, when you're establishing these new habits, keep this in mind, it takes 21 days to form a habit, but it takes about 90 days for it to become a lifestyle, for it to feel easy, for it to feel like an unconscious behavior for you. And then that mind-body connection happens. You start feeling good from the inside out and you're just living your life. You're just living your life, which feels a lot more sustainable. Yes, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about your more AM and PM gratitude. Do you do journal? Like, how do you practice that? Yeah, I'm a big believer in the five minute um, gratitude journal. You can find it on Amazon, like everything else, um, because it's quick and there's prompts in there to make it easy for you. So um, that there has just one page for the morning and evening, and it has list out three things that can make a day great. What do you hope happened today? And day you write three great things that happened today. What can make tomorrow even better? And there's usually some inspirational quotes in there. Um, you can pair that with some Bible scripture, or some devotionals as well. I have my gratitude journal. I keep it on my nightstand at my bed at night. And after we tuck our kids in and I plug my phone into charge, I reach over and I write in there. Then I take it to my bathroom. I set up my bathroom counter. So I do it after I brush my teeth in the morning because I have stacked it on top of other habits and I have it set out as a trigger. I love that. Uh, it probably doesn't even take you five minutes now. No. Right? No. <laughs> I was going to no. say, because it's something you probably think about all day long. What am I going to write in the evening? And then you you wake up with something exciting you know, or like something that you're looking forward to, or I mean, we can always be grateful for our family and our home and our clothes. So, <laughs> you know, even when life sucks and you're going through some of those down times, you know, you can always find things to be yeah. grateful for. I mean, sometimes I write just like, I'm grateful for like hot coffee or at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm grateful for iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just those little things that really, you know, bring you some joy. And like you said, having a grateful heart really helps put things in perspective for you for sure. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you what has practicing gratitude done for you in your life? Practicing gratitude for me and my life has shown me to be happy with what I have and where I'm at. Because sometimes I think we get stuck, you know, we, we'll compare ourselves to other to others. That's human nature to do that. But I feel like I found myself in a point where I'm able to stop myself before it gets too deeper, where maybe that could turn into jealousy or envy. It's human nature to compare. We're all yeah. going to do it. It's just human nature. And that's okay. And it can be like, oh my gosh, I love her purse. And that's really, really cute. And I wish I had that, but then it's moving on. Then it's not just obsessing over it or, you know, comparing where someone else is in their journey um, and where I'm at and just being happy with where I'm at and being grateful to God for that. I have healthy, I have a healthy family. You know, we, you know, um, we, you know, this past year, you know, my, my um, son, you know, this past, um, my oldest son had open heart surgery this past July um, he was born with a heart defect and we knew it was coming, but we didn't know it was going to be this soon. We thought he had a couple more years and this past, you know, since this past summer, it's really gratitude has been at the forefront of my mind. Cause it's just been like, you know, it 
when you go through something like that, it makes it even more put into perspective. Like I am grateful for like the stinking littlest things right now, like, and just watching him be able to do the things he loves and knowing that my other kiddo is healthy and that we have such amazing um, medical staff here. It really put gratitude in perspective for me this past year, even more. Yeah. Well, and that can be super challenging. I, I feel like with COVID, and, and this is something that I'm personally struggling with. I'm like, I'm getting ready to have a baby in December, January time. And I'm like, I don't know what the po- the hospital's policies yeah. are going to be at that time. So that can bring a level of anxiety. But I love that you kind of flipped that and you're like, I'm just so grateful to have him. I'm grateful for the medical yeah. staff. I'm grateful for, you know, that we have access to this and that, it you know, Oh, and we went through the same thing because the visiting procedures a couple months before we scheduled his surgery, only one of us would be able to stay right after he had his surgery. And we were like, that's that's not going to happen. And luckily they had changed it. But while we were there, we were like, we're so grateful to be here with him, with each other. You know, we were giving each other breaks to be able to leave the hospital too. So, you know, sometimes when there's difficult things like that, you have to put it in perspective and be like, I'm grateful for what is the most important right here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm grateful that, I mean, it sounds like it worked out great for you guys where both of you were able to be there. Cause yeah, that would be yeah. super hard for me and my yeah. husband as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it gave you another, I'm grateful that both of us get to be here instead of just one or none of us, you know, exactly. So, Oh, I love this. So tell everybody, um, where can they find you? You know, how can they work with you? All of those things. Sure. Sure. Well, again, thanks for having me on this show, Shannon. I so appreciate connecting with you. Um, y'all can listen to the self-transform podcast on any of your favorite podcast streaming service, and you can go to the show notes there or go follow me on Instagram at Emily Nichols You can learn about my signature program. It's called self-transform you. It's a six week inside out transformative program where we go through workouts, a food freedom method that I teach and mindset coaching all wrapped in a pretty bow with a lot of habit strategy. Some of the things I sprinkled in today to help you actually see something from the start to end, feel empowered and continue that into a lifestyle because I don't want anyone to get to the end of my program and be like, okay, I did it. I'm done. And that's it. No, we want you to continue going. So we set up some really great habit strategies to have this be a health plan that that works really for life. So you can come over and listen and Shannon's on the show coming up here soon as well. Talking about thyroid health. I'm really excited for you to be on my show as well. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I will just say for the listeners, one of my big takeaways that I wrote down on my paper was when you did the whole 30, that was the first time that you finished something. And I hope that everybody caught that (laughs) and they're able to look at their life and just say, have I finished something? If not, what do I need to do to see something all the way through? And I love that about the work that you're doing, Emily. And any last thoughts or words of wisdom for the listeners? Yeah. I mean, you brought up a really good point, Shannon, just you can, you can do anything that you put your mind to and the the feeling of empowerment to be able to see something all the way through is a game changer. And I'll leave you with this. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So what do you have to lose by taking a chance on yourself? 
nothing. Yeah. So you might as well go for it. Yeah. And you are the best person to gamble on. Just saying. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next. Before you go, I wanted to share with you that we are switching things up for the new year. Open enrollment for the Hansen Method for a Thriving Thyroid will begin in early January 2022. Oh my gosh, that feels so weird to say. But our official launch date and program will start Monday, January 17th, and we have a total of 20 spots open for this session. So let me tell you a little bit about the Hansen Method if you aren't already familiar with it. The Hansen Method is now a six-month-long program that includes functional testing, two to three personalized protocols during that time period to help you optimize your thyroid hormones. You're probably saying, why two to three? (laughs) Because guess what? The progress of our thyroid hormones, it takes time. So we build out this system, this plan for you based off the test results that come back. So everything is going to be customized to you, dietary lifestyle, supplementation, all of that. Now, on average, we see a 30% reduction in symptoms within 30 days. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but by the end of the four four months, we're seeing an average reduction of 70% in your thyroid symptoms. (laughs) If that's not good enough for you though, we are now offering a guarantee. So if you don't see that 70% reduction in your symptoms within six months of working with us in our program, we will work with you until you hit that 70% or for an entire year with no additional charges or fees to you. It is all covered in the original cost. So in order to qualify for this guarantee, though, you have to put in a little bit of work. So you must be participating in journaling for the first couple months. Um, And if we ask you to go back to it, you know, go back to it. And we also want to see you showing up to the coaching calls. I get you may not be able to attend every single group coaching call. That's totally fine. As long as you're showing up to your one-on-ones and you're having good regular communication with us, reaching out to us when we reach out to you and say, hey, we haven't heard from you. We're going to keep working with you because we are so confident in the system and we will follow you all the way through the entire process. If you are interested in applying for this opportunity, please, please, please click the thyroid breakthrough link in the show notes and apply today to speak to one of our thyroid advisors. We don't charge for these appointments, so you literally have nothing to lose, and our thyroid advisors will be super helpful (laughs) to you, helping you better understand if this is going to be a good fit for you or if you would be better suited to work with someone else. All right, you guys, I hope each one of you books a breakthrough call because we would love to speak with you. Wait before you go. Please subscribe if you found value in today's episode. Leave us a review and share on Instagram and please tag us. We love your review.